Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Book Sounds Book Review Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Tracy. And we're back with another episode, and as you can tell from the intros, since I'm talking, that it's a Tracy book. So Tracy, what book are we talking about today? All right. We have Neurodiversity, Discovering the Extraordinary Gifts of Autism, ADHD, Dyslexia, and Other Brain Differences by Thomas, PhD Armstrong. That is very long to say. And I believe this, so this is the other, I have also read this book. Correct? Right, this is so. this is the one that we had on on ebook, the phones, because if we didn't buy it this way, we'd have to spend about a hundred some dollars mm. on a hardcover. So I said, well, I can I can eat it up and I can try to read one on my phone for once. So so yeah, this one unfortunately took me a little bit longer to read because it is it's hard for me to read an ebook. It's it's just it's uncomfortable for me. And just in the in the ebook version, it's harder with me with migraines and it's just I don't know. I'm I'm one of those people. There's there's some people who can read ebooks easy or you're fine with it, but then there's some people who are like, I need to touch it. I'm one of those people. But, um, um I'm on the flip side of Tracy where I, I see the value of reading a regular book as well as an ebook. And I, I don't know that I really favor one over the other. I, oh, I absolutely see the value. I liked the fact that it was there with me and everything. It's just very hard with my migraines and everything. So I, I unfortunately read this much slower than I wanted to. But then I wanted to get this information out there for our other podcast, Stigmas and Open Wounds. So if you want to get more information about neurodiversity, I imagine the podcast will already be out by this time. We do have for sure out a neurodiversity part one, which is some some kind of a small introduction to this. And then we'll have a neurodiversity part two, which covers essentially what we figured out or what we read in both of these books. So we're going to be coming out with that. But since we're so far ahead on our books, that'll should be already out by the time this, this comes out. So uh, I think there's some really great information that we're that we're going to cover. But yeah, like I said, it's just harder for me to read ebooks but i got some great information from this book it's just harder when i can't get it in ebook or when i can't get it in in paperback or or even hardback whatever form can i start the review of this book because i yeah if you if you remember enough you can definitely chime in whenever you have something because i think there's both good and bad to this book i think i know i know that you told me about this book before I read it. So so yeah, start it. So the number one thing I can say about this book is I remember. So for me, and I'm not going to say this, I want to put it this, I think that, that the higher level you write at, it's harder for me to read. And so like, I, I, talking- I don't think I'm dumb, but it's just no, that that I, if you start using big words and stuff, right. I, I get I, you distract so me a lot. You're and- essentially talking because he's a PhD, correct? Right, right. Yeah, which which I I agree. Basically, what I'm what I'm saying, it's kind of like when a doctor comes into a room and says, "Hey, so your your heart is doing this," and what they should be saying is, "Your heart doesn't work. Please, you, this is the way it works." And it's it's like saying. Talk to me as if I'm a kindergartner or something like that. And that this is kind of what they should do in these these books. You might not have to dumb it down to that point, but talk to me like I know absolutely nothing, which most people don't know when they come into these books. And you and I knew bits and pieces when we came into to this book, but but a lot of people are going to come in knowing absolutely nothing. And most of these terms are going to be absolutely foreign to them. And they should 
they should talk to talk as if everybody knows nothing coming into this these books right which i actually think that the authors do try to do that it's right, just but that- i think they forget that nobody knows anything or any of these advanced words and they i i don't think that it's even that i think that they're just so much further above right. us in this level that they dumb it down to what they think is very right. basic but it's still above a lot of people's it, it, exactly exactly but the one thing I would say, and I remember distinctively about this book, is that I probably like the first chapter of this book. Mm-hmm. Was, I was very happy for us. Well, I read it and I like, wow. I, my response to that chapter of the book was, wow, this guy has nailed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't remember specific things he said to give people examples of it. But I remember thinking like, wow, this guy really, really has, well, like, I can't. I can't disagree with any any of his viewpoints on what he's saying. Well, I remember for sure he talked about in a classroom setting or something, he would bring in people and he would look at charts that teachers would write, I believe, and they would say, this student isn't good at this, this student isn't good at this. And he said, but what is this student good at? Mm-hmm. And that was the main thing is he would try to say, he would try to pick out what these people are good at. Because generally, if you're autistic or dyslexic or bipolar you are good at something and he would talk about what people are still good at because I think I don't remember specifically with dyslexia but I feel like dyslexia was when with with dyslexia you're not good at at um at reading or something but I think he said a lot of dyslexics are good at at numbers now don't quote me on that I might be wrong but I know for sure he said that bipolar people a lot of them are good in the arts and he nailed that because I'm bipolar yeah. and I'm good at the arts but and that's not saying that all of them are because I could meet a bipolar person and they could say well no I don't do anything in the arts but it is it is really interesting because just because you're not good in this area you might be absolutely great in in this area and that's just the way that that neurotypical people can work or so so-called normal people can work and and i think that's that's really amazing is that that just because just because you falter at one thing just because i can't run very well doesn't mean that i can't swim now granted i'm not i was never a great swimmer but i could swim maybe better than you eric you know i could do the flip turn and you can't do the flip turn but there's there's things that I excel at that you can't excel at. And I think that he was he was saying right off the bat that, whoa, just because these people have have issues in this area with their brain doesn't mean that they're not good at this this area. And that's what you and I found to be really exciting was that this guy is finally taking the time to say, these people are not fully problematic. For years everybody's saying that that they're that they're different, that they're kind of bad maybe but they're not bad they're just different and that's what this this term neurodiversity is it's not it's not bad it's it's just saying that they're different and what i think is so, so incredible about exactly what you just said is is that in a lot of these situations the person that the the person that struggles let's just say you're remarkable at you. so you have some sort of autism, some sort of mental Mm -hmm. condition, whatever you want to call it, and you struggle at something that fundamentally people are normally pretty good at. Right. You know, like like you're just socially awkward or something like that. Right. And then but then you're amazing at this other thing. 
Right. But because the thing that you struggle at is something that most people are just fine at, everybody... Everybody notices it. And everybody dwells on the fact that you struggle at this thing that maybe that thing doesn't even really matter. It's just weird for us to see somebody struggle at it because it's just something fundamentally everybody can do. Right. And imagine going through your life... Right. Being treated that way where... Where well, you, I have gone know, through my life with that, honestly. Okay, I was trying. That was but, a quite. That was a comment to the listener. No, I know. <laughs> to, to, to I know, but, but it is. It is true, and and that that is that is very true, and and it's it is amazing, and this this is just trying to get our brains flipped around and saying, let's not think of them as as different bad. Let's just think of them as just we're all different. We all have differences, and I think that this is. This is amazing. Now, obviously, we both said that 50% through the book, it just kind of goes on and on. And then he starts using big words and it's just, it gets a little bit harder. The, the struggle, I mean, the content throughout the book is good. It just gets right. harder and it harder gets- as it goes along because he gets more scientific and, and right. like more when, PhD when I, like. When I read these books, your brain gets tired. Well, when I read these books, like, I want to understand cause and effect what makes things happen where I, I don't need to understand what's happening right. like in the brain to make this happen. Like, I don't care that there's a neuron shooting through the vesicular mm-hmm. whatever cord and hitting the right. whatever. I just want to understand, like, you know, why do people, why are people prone more of, more exactly. of the like behavioral side of it than, right. and than it is- the scientific side of it? But unfortunately, that's not way, the way psychologists look at this stuff. Right. They look at it from both angles. So they explain it in a book from both angles. Right. And it's it's interesting and- to see, to understand the behavioral ways of why things happen. And it is interesting when he talks about, I believe it is dyslexia, saying that, oh, well, this happens in the left-hand brain, but in dyslexia, it happens in the right-hand brain or vice versa. But then he goes on further to say, well, it's it's this neuron or whatever, right. something like that. And I'm like, no, I just want to know that this happens in the different side of the brain. And that's intriguing to me. But if you go on any further than that, I can't. You lose it. I can't you lose go it because because you, it's just it's too hard for me. You just don't understand what they're talking about. You don't know right. the different segments of the brain, and it, that means nothing to you. That's exactly. just a bunch of weird words that he's saying. And and that's when I just kind of glaze and say, okay, to the next section for me. Unfortunately, right. and there's somebody that might completely understand that, but for me, I can't. I can't get down that deep. Unfortunately. Right, and and that's why I would love to find an author that is able to push that. You know aside right and, just, and just say here's here's for the the people who just want to understand why why people are what's happening and and don't understand all the technical terms right and and this is not a, a knock against this book or any other book oh no it's just that it's just the people it's just any kind of people who have a deeper understanding whether you are a uh a psychologist, a doctor, or or whether you're in any kind of deeper learning field and you write a book. Well, and it's, it's any it doesn't have to be technically like a really technical field. It's just when you know something that well. Yeah. It's hard to take you down to a level. Yeah. To teach somebody that Yeah, I mean I could write at a, book. a very basic beginner level. Yeah. It's it's just it's there are gonna be things that you simply know that that Seems so 
so normal to you that you right. don't realize the rest of the world, if you say oh, that word, easily. they're going to stare at you blankly like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You yeah. Know? I mean, in, in in all honesty, we've talked about how there's times that we say neurotypical or neurodivergent to people. And then I'm like, hold on, let me back up. I forget that this has become such a ner- normal term for me that I that it's really not a term that everybody knows, knows at this point. Right, exactly. So, so yeah, I just have to to kind of explain that to people at this point. The uh the one interesting part that I that I did see in this book was actually for fairly early on, pretty much at the beginning, was that he explained that part of the reason that anybody was called neurodivergent or Probably not even neurodivergent way back in the day because neurodivergent is a fairly recent term in the the pretty early 2000s. But part of the reason that anybody was called different or whatever was because they were breaking some kind of a fundamental thing that that people are, are just given. So if you are dyslexic, you can't read. Well, we all should be able to read mm-hmm. if you're bipolar or depressed. We all should be able to be happy and, and anything like that. So if you if you are not something that everybody should be able to be given, you are – you're different mm-hmm. and anything like that, which I find very interesting. So you're breaking any of the fundamental things that everybody should be able to be given. And I find that very interesting. Like why is everybody – decided that they're different and i'm like oh wow that is i get that now but it's it's kind of sad that that that's how they're that they're decided but it's just like oh okay i get that Mm -hmm. but it's it's a very it's a very interesting thing when you really break all of it down as to why they they decide that okay you're you're broken or you're you're different and all that but then it's like but if they're also given all these other gifts because of that it's it's very i mean if you excel at three things but then you don't have you like if the normal normal person does not excel at these three things you excel at these three things but then the normal american struggles with these three things or is good with these three things but you are way way below par on these three things to me that should be a wash you're you're equal people. Yeah. But because these three things that a lot of these people struggle with are so noticeable and so mm-hmm. we all look down upon them for having right. these traits and and it's like, no, it's not I a think, bad thing. It's just they struggle there, but they're way better at other things yeah. than you are. I think it's just people it's whatever sticks out as being different. It's all it's all it's all a, one of my favorite words it's perception. Yep. You you can't it's all you, The thing is is and I I believe it was in this book that said it is there is not an actual normal. And how do you measure normal? How how can you actually gather up a a, a number of people that Exactly. Because, what is what is the the appropriate number of people to gather and what what makes it normal and all of that? How do we how do we actually understand what is normal? And, the, and that's the biggest thing. There is nothing probably out there 
There is nothing you can say that everybody will agree is normal. Exactly. And you know, there's always going to be variation. There's always going to be variation. Mm-hmm. Like, like for the most part, you might be able to find something that everybody says, yeah, that's normal. Right. But, but then but it's going to vary gonna... degree. Like some people are going to exactly. be passionate about this being normal right. and other people are going to be like, well, yeah, it's normal. But Right. You're, and you're always going to have this range. Think about it. When you go to the doctor, you have a range as to as to the body weight, as to the heart rate. So basically And then and then think about think about the color of the hair. What's normal? Is it a dark hair or is it a is it a is it the the light hair? So it's almost like there's a spectrum yes, of normal. That's what I would say. Weird. Hmm. This is weird, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe everything that people thought for so <laughs> long is so messed up and maybe the fact that I've been called not normal for how long is just a bit of garbage. Well, and maybe if you're normal, you too are, are not on a, normal. A, are on a spectrum. It's huh. true. Well, and think about this. Okay, so I figured out recently that I'm actually borderline autistic, right? Which actually, it's a probably a good thing that I figured this out because just all these little curtains are coming down and I'm figuring these things out about myself, why I act the way I act. And it's like, I wonder if more people actually figured these things out about themselves, why they do the things that they do. More people would figure this out. And and I know that there's a lot of people who are like, oh, all these people are self-diagnosing. By the way, I did take a test. But I think the thing is, is, is more people actually figured these things out about themselves, about like, oh, I am this or I am this. You would actually understand why you act the way that you act, whether you actually do have some quote unquote disorder or not. You might actually understand why it is that you've acted the way you've acted for how many years. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be afraid of of labels because they're just... They're just labels. And at first I was afraid of, oh no, what does this mean if I am this way? But really it's just it's just me understanding the way I've acted for how long. So that's really all it is. So it's a very it is very interesting once you figure that out. It'll be interesting to see if we can ever reach a point in life where people are just allowed to be who they are and not it'll be a while i think not, um, i think it's been halfway through our lives so it'll be it'll be about the end of our lives before anything really starts to happen but we'll see yeah it's just interesting and and i mean how many people out there are could be so much more but they're allowing themselves to be held back by quote unquote the stigma of who you're supposed to be you know, right. like, well, like you the, don't want to get too eccentric because people will think you're weird. Right. And but there's like something in you that really enjoys something eccentric and you want to be that eccentric thing, but you can't well, because you think that society will look down upon you for being that. Like, there's a part in this book that says, that says workers are supposed to act the same. We we go to work and and if you act differently, you stand out and you're it's it's just so weird. Mm-hmm. And and there are some some places that are actually trying to hire autistic workers because they know they come to work, they are the very good workers. They were we don't try to and I'm not saying we necessarily 
But certain autistic workers, they don't try to go to work and socialize and whatever. They just want to go to work and work, do the do the stuff that they're supposed to do and not socialize. They just want to do what they're doing and go home and, and, and whatever. But then other places, you know, you have to go and you have to do the small talk. Oh, gosh, small talk. But 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 they have to do that. You have to try to fit in. And and I oh, God, I've done that for so many years and I hate that. But then you think about it when the, the places hire the autistic workers who don't want to to try to fit in and do the small talk, they understand that, hey, I've got this great worker here that just wants to to do the stuff. They they know all about what I'm doing. If you if you get the person who knows what they're doing. And I think great. maybe you remember this because was it this book where they actually talked to I, I I think he was like a software developer. He owned a software I think, development. I think called, this is the one. Yeah, and he would he like he he was like he sought them autistic out. Autistic people are my best employees. Yes, because and that's, it's that's like it, they sit down like, at their desk come, and they just go. Yes, you know, and, and that's the thing because otherwise, otherwise, like that that was the thing. Like when I would go to work, you are expected. I mean, and not expected, but if you are not otherwise making small talk, you're just you're kind of a bitch. Hmm. It, you know, if if you have your like your Friday pizza days or whatever and it's just like i would dread that stuff but otherwise you hire a bunch of people who just are really into to that i mean you just hit you have to find your niche employees who who are obviously into that i mean i couldn't be a software worker Mm. but you hire your specific people who are into that and dang you're you're good to go and, so I think that's, and you that's don't, the thing. You don't actually know either. You could be. You're right. I could I mean, be. I haven't ever tried that. You're right. I mean. I don't c- think I am the way uh, my brain is more artistic than that. So. I, I think you're kind of being you're right, harsh on, on programmers because I think programmers are very artistic. That is that is very true. You're right. <laughs> I if, mean, I, if I sat down and actually. Yeah. Like, that, that is true. I worked They on, are conjuring something out of thin air. When they this write is, a program, actually, this is this is very true. This is, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything that's more creative than that. That I is mean. true. Well, and and one thing that I that I kind of forgot to mention that I skipped over in my notes. It is very interesting when you when you think about the different people. So part of this neurodiversity group is ADHD people, right? But they talked to a specific ADHD kid, and he was, I think, sixteen. And he said, what's interesting is you maybe as a, as a neurotypical person might look at a peach and you may just see a peach, mm-hmm. just not regular peach that you might eat. Right. And as an ADHD person, he will see the field that it was grown in. He will see just the life of that peach. Now, when I read that, I was like, okay, that's cool. Now as a bipolar person, or maybe as because I'm an artist, which again, this guy says, this author says, hey, you're, you might be artistic as a bipolar person. So I don't know if this goes along with it or not. But I see, I, I, I think about it and I'm like, oh gosh, I would see the, the little furs on that peach. I would see the col- I would see the colors. I would see the, uh, the different paints that I would, that I would put together and paint that peach. So I think it's really interesting that the completely different ways that Everybody sees that in the world. And I think that's cool. I think it's just really cool the different ways that everybody sees the world. 
Mm-hmm. But and I know that he talked about and and you told me about this before I even read this book the 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 one culture who specifically uses ADHD people yeah. to navigate they use the the stars in the sky the different trees the different colors in the the water to and, to for the I, depths of of water and everything and I just think that is so cool because they're not saying oh you're ADHD no thank you they're saying you're ADHD you are high on our list. And, and I, I think that is amazing. And I also think, if I remember right, there was cultures that he talked about in this book where, I mean, it, kind of to give an example of what he w- what he was talking about is the uh, neurodiverse pre- person in these communities would be like their shamans. Like these yeah. were the people that they looked up to right? You for know, whatever and- reason because of their condition. So like... On, in Western culture, we look down upon these people, and right. then there's plenty of other cultures in the world that look up at these people as right because they're unique and they're special, right? Because so, you know, there you don't see that person every day. So and, here we have this book that I that I recently read, where it's like I wasn't diagnosed until I was how old, and my life is over, and then here it is saying. You are special, right? Because because you have this, and you just have to figure out what you, where you have to live, how how you need to make. He basically talks about habitat, so how you how you have your habitat, because you need to you need to basically figure out how you have to live with this. If you're in the wrong habitat, basically, if you're if you're living in the wrong area, you can't have a job that doesn't suit you, kind of, and and this type of thing. But if you make a life for yourself that works with how your 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 you know you could say disability, but it's not really disability. It's more of an ability. Your differences. If if yeah, if you make a, a life for yourself that works with it, which which is basically how I've I've done, and and yeah, it's not saying that I don't have hard days. But if you make a life that works for yourself, you can have a really great life, and you can have you can be a great person. And I think I think this is great. He's trying to celebrate it, and I think. I think, man, this is a this is a great book in terms of saying, you know what, you should celebrate your differences instead of instead of saying, "Hey, what was me?" And I think that's great because you know what, I do have "what was me" days. I really do, and I'm sure everybody does, no matter if you're neurotypical, neurodivergent. And and I think I think this is great saying, "Hey, you know what, you're gonna have bad days, but hey, celebrate your good days, celebrate your differences, celebrate what what makes you you." Yeah, and 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 I just I want to go back to the whole point of these other cultures like celebrating yeah. these people. It's I think that's it, amazing. It's just that it is not that there's something wrong with these people. Mm-hmm. It's that our culture has turned these people into victims and chooses right. to treat them that way, well, thus making them that. Do you know what? And I, if you were to embrace these people, it would be a hundred percent different story. Do you know what I I think part of it is? I think we have such a fast-paced culture and such a very we have the buildings that look the same, we have the people that have to look so much the same and if if people don't look this way and people don't act this way, we have just made We just it, don't have time for it. Like right. like if there's a It is such a fast-paced If you don't culture, fit into this little little box that is easily, you know, easy to work with we don't want anything to do with you because you're just wasting our time and maybe that's why i feel so refreshed when i go on vacation somewhere and it's not just because i'm on vacation it's because when we go to say south america and we have to wait for our food 
And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's okay that we have to wait for our food. It's just a, it's just a slower culture here and it's just a more accommodating mm. culture. And I like this because it's just a, a breath of fresh air when I come down, down there. And, and it's like, wait, this is just a more accommodating culture and I like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that might just be why I like it there. I mean, and obviously for so many other reasons, but I do think it's just a more accommodating culture there and elsewhere than it is here because yeah it is just if you're not like us you're not you're not accepted as much yeah and it could just be that in other cultures you know because we're not like them they just ignore us which that is, could be too I, but, yeah but the maybe point is, maybe if we're if we're there more they're like well you need to start to be like us. but you know yeah i do think that i do think there's a certain level of where you know We've we've grouped these people into a, a pile and said that they're too much of a hassle for us because we yeah, don't have well, time that's what it to deal like with from- their intricacies. And it's like, but if you actually were to sit down and probably mm-hmm. look at their intricacies, that those intricacies could play a huge, huge benefit yeah. to society in general. Huge, you know, it's very true. So, so well. I think that's pretty much what I had for this book. We we talked a lot about this and, and other things. So my rating, it was very hard to rate this book because I liked a lot of the information, but it was also, it was it was hard to read. And when I got done with this book, I celebrated again. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was just near the end. It got really hard. And I do think he started his story at one point and then went off on a like he started a story and then he's like, and this reminds me of another story and went off on a tangent. And I, I might be wrong. Maybe he didn't go on a tangent to another story, but I really think so. It just got exhausting at the end again, because again, he was a PhD. So I gave this a four, which I think was an okay rating considering. But when I look back at the notes, they're good notes, but it's just... It was very hard at the end. And I'll agree with your rating that because this was a really good book and and like I'm pretty sure I probably agree with 110% of everything this gentleman said in this uh, yeah, book. Yeah, I very much do. But, but it's just that some of it was just over my head. Yeah. And it's so hard. Maybe, and it's really hard to read a book that's over your head. Yeah. It is just I think if I had a conversation with him, I could have a very good conversation. I might just have to be like, "Can you explain that part again?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's the thing is is that they're just in a world that we can't relate to, and and I would hope that I'm sure there's some people that that kind of reading doesn't bother them at all. It just happens right. to be that it's a struggle for the two of us for whatever reason, right? So, but if that kind of reading doesn't doesn't bother, bother you, you, if you understand a little bit more than we do, definitely pick this book up because he. He really does have some great things to say, and I didn't even cover all of them, honestly. And, and even if you're like us and can't get past that that higher intellect still, phase of it, still honestly, read this still book because, because there's still a lot of good information in yeah, it. Yeah, because the thing is, he goes through and he breaks down chapter by chapter. He goes through and says, okay, so here's here's the thing about autism, and here's bipolar, and here's... So he talks about... Each um, mo- pretty much most of the the diseases underneath. Well, and I don't even want to call them diseases, but 
most of the the things that are that are covered under this neurodiversity umbrella. So he talks about a lot of them kind of one by one and touches on on the kind of the I don't even want to say the bad, but like the good and the bad that that each of them have. And so he touches about all of them. And that's that's really a pretty cool thing that he does with it. It's just again, some of it just gets real heavy. So Ooh. it just it it's pretty <laughs> at at some bits so but yeah it it is a very good book and it's it is a few years old at this point I think it it could be up to 10 years old at this point but I don't think a lot of the the information has changed maybe a little bit has changed but not a whole lot Mm -hmm. so in terms of what what has been covered in here but I do want to actually add one thing that I forgot to add is that there was a part in here that it did say if you are in college and I I think this was just for uh, it was for at least one thing. But I know if you're in college and it said if you need help with notes and everything, if you have some kind of a, a disability, like a mental disability, ask for notes. And some of them won't, some of your teachers will give them and ask, and some of them won't. So like if you have, I believe it was for dyslexia, but I think it might, they might give you notes for other things. I wonder. So like, so like it said, I think it was for audio notes. So if you need help with stuff like that, ask your teacher. Yeah. And I, I'd be curious nowadays. So yeah, if I were to go into a class now and I, and I brought a recorder and I just recorded what was playing, what the teacher was saying. So I had that as notes for later on. I wonder how many teachers' heads would explode for you. Right. Doing well, that. and just, and what I would do is, is obviously, because I think if you have something like dyslexia and you need audio notes, I don't think that's a big deal. You just have to ask. So I think, I think that is one for sure. And then if you have other issues, just talk to your teacher for sure, because I think they almost have to. But I think it yeah, also they 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 probably have to, but that but doesn't I think, mean they're going to be very accommodating, right? But I think it know. depends on what your issue is too. So make sure that you keep that in mind and and mm. talk to them. So I just wanted to make sure that I added that in there because I had no idea that that was a a thing, which I should have. I should have thought like, oh, of course. But I'm always one who doesn't like to bother people. So <laughs> so yeah. But I wanted to to put that in there. Very so, cool. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap this episode up. Unless you got anything else you want to add, I don't, Tracy. I don't. Then we will be back in two weeks with another review for you. Indeed. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>